This place, the entire universe, is all just one cell. From one end of the universe to another, they don't even know how vast or wide it is. All of that, all of the physical universe, exists inside one cell. And that cell is a cell that's on the back of a mosquito. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى محمد اللهم المهدينا وسلم تسليما السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته my dear brother Ali Muhammad وعليكم السلام my dear father thank you for joining me today thank you for allowing me to be here so today we want to talk about reality okay the matrix that we live in um, since the beginning of man uh, the human being has wondered um, over the nature of reality, the nature of this world that we're living in, and have questioned its authenticity, have wondered, is this the real life? Is what we are experiencing the real world? Is this real? Or is there a place that is more real? And there's reasons why people throughout history, uh, the majority of people, have considered that the place that we're in is absolutely real, and there's reasons why people have questioned that. When a child is born into this world, they have no memories of that which came before. They don't know where it is that they came from, and they don't know where it is that they are going to. Um, their brains are like sponges, uh, that are trying to make sense off of all of the information that it is receiving via the senses, right? The sense of sight, uh, what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're tasting, what they're touching and feeling. And they have equated over time, people as they're growing up, they learn to trust their senses. And they begin to believe that what we see, we believe. That the truth, reality, consists of whatever it is that our senses are telling us. Why? Well, because we can feel it. And we can feel the consequences of it. If I see that I'm standing uh, at a high position, you know, over a cliff, if that's what my senses are telling me, what my eyes are telling me, and I don't trust my senses and I jump, well, I'm going to fall onto the ground and I'm going to die, right? So uh, they believed because of the real life consequences that take place and the real life uh, information that they are able to uh, test and experiment with and experience from their senses, that information that comes from their senses, that this must be uh, what's real. And everything else that fades away uh, is not real, or that cannot be touched is not real, or cannot be seen with our eyes, or heard with our ears, 
that this stuff is not real. For example, like dreams. They'll conclude that dreams are not real because it's just in the imagination or or imaginary, you know, playtime or 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 friends that children have, imaginary friends that children will have while growing up. They've they've said that this is um, not real. But yet, there has been these uh, philosophers that have come and and unknown prophets and messengers and known prophets and messengers that have questioned the very nature of the reality that we are living in and experiencing. They looked at the dream world and they thought to themselves, well, while I am in the dream itself, I think that it's real. While I am in the dream, I am seeing, I am hearing, I am touching and feeling and experiencing And sometimes what I'm seeing or feeling or experiencing in the dream world affects even me in this real life world. For example, uh, people might have wet dreams where they are dreaming that they are, are having intercourse with somebody in the dream and they wake up and they have actually... Um, you know, the, there's there's a physical reaction that had taken place in their body to what it is that they have experienced in the dream. Or they have a dream of themselves falling and their body jerks uh, in this world. Or they, 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 they might have uh, had a dream whereby somebody was harming them or stabbing their arm, for example, and they wake up and their arm is uh, asleep or in a state of pain, you know. So then, so then they begin to question, you know, or they have dreams that seem extremely real, almost indistinguishable from a memory or from something that would have happened to them in waking life. And so these uh, philosophers um, or unknown prophets and messengers like Aristotle and Socrates and Plato, they began to speak of a world that is beyond our world, that is more real than our world. Uh, because they considered that this world that we're in, um, as real as it may seem, it is not perfect. And that which is perfect can only be reality at its finest. Yeah? Do you understand? Yes, it makes sense. Why? Because this world perishes. Uh, people get old and they die. Um, nothing in it lasts. It's always changing, right? Things are rotting. Things are decaying. Nothing is remaining forever. So this, it's impossible that this could be the, um, you know, it's, it's original or permanent state. So this world, because it's a perishable world, it has to be a fake world. Uh, so there was this, um, allegory which was it's called plato's cave and many people are uh, familiar with it uh whereby plato tells this uh, story you know this allegory uh where there's these people that are uh stuck in a cave 
um, and there are prisoners in there. And uh, from the time that they came into this world until they, you know, until the, the they, they grow old, they are chained um, against this wall, right? And they're forced to stare, um, you know, at this wall that's in front of them. So they're chained against the wall and they have to stare at this wall that's in front of them. Well, the prison masters, right? The rulers that are ruling over them that they don't even know exist are, they have behind them this light source, so this, this, this fire. And in front of the fire, they bring forward every day these puppets, uh, you know, these, these like paper mache or these wooden um, frames, images of people, um, of animals, of uh, different things that pass by the fire. And so when it passes in front of the fire, but behind the prisoners, it reflects on the wall shadows, right? These shadows are projected on the wall. And, and so they're sitting there and their entire experience of other humans or animals or reality consists of these images that they see on the wall, these shadows. And the prison masters, they make the shadows talk and have conversations. Um, they make them make sounds. And, 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 and so the prisoners learn about the real world by seeing the shadow world they don't know that even a real world exists they spent their entire life inside of the cave well one day plato says one of those prisoners manages to escape and and uh, he finds himself free so he sneaks out of the cave he wanders around he sneaks out the first thing is is that he sees the fire and he sees these statues that are there and he becomes disillusioned with the reality in which he lived. He thinks to himself, oh my God, there's no real camel. Oh my God, there's no real bird. Oh my God, these, these people that we used to see on the wall, they're not real. All of these images that we saw, that we thought was reality, was nothing but an illusion. It was just a show. It's not true. And then he further wanders off. Uh, until he reaches the entrance to the cave, uh, whereby he's blinded by this extreme light once he walks to the outside. Uh, he can't even see anything. It takes him a while for his eyes to adjust to reality as it really is, okay, outside of the cave. And when his eyes finally adjust, he sees a camel, uh, he sees people that are walking by, he sees the birds, he sees the clouds, and he realizes the vast difference between reality and between the false fake illusion that he was looking at being projected, um, you know, on the, on the wall inside of the cave. Once he experiences that and, and is able to breathe fresh air and to see these things with its magical colors that before he only saw in, in black and white. Um, once he begins to hear the beautiful sounds of nature that are more real than the, the sounds that were mimicked by the prison guards, uh, he wants to go back and free his brothers uh, that are still locked up inside the cave. And so he runs back into the cave uh, to try to unchain them, unlock them. 
And the first thing that he does when he encounters them is that he begins to try to tell them, my brothers, my brothers, you know, this is not real. This is not reality. There's a, there's a higher reality, a greater truth that is out there. This world that you're in is fake. I've seen it. I've experienced it. Well, the reaction of the prisoners is that they consider him to have lost his mind. They don't understand the things that he is describing. Uh, they don't believe his experience because they themselves did not see it. And they don't trust him enough to go out. Rather, they consider him to be a threat to their own safety. Uh, because all they've known is they've known the chains and they've known that the food comes to them at a certain hour. And they all they know is the images that are on the, the wall. And so uh, they refuse to, they fight against, and they might even attempt to kill he who had escaped outside of the matrix that was coming back in in order to uh, free them. And this was an allegory that Plato was giving about our world. He was saying to his disciples, essentially, and to mankind, that the world that we're living in, this reality that we're experiencing right now, it is no more real than that false reality that was being projected on the wall for those prisoners. And that there are uh, rulers, archons over this world that are ruling over us, that are controlling uh, what our senses are perceiving inside of this matrix. Yeah. And his example was the example and the example of every prophet and messenger, uh, you know, is the example of uh, the prisoner who managed to escape, who reached enlightenment and saw reality for what it is and is trying to inform uh, the prisoners about it, but it has to face, uh, you know, not not just the archons or the rulers that might end his life, but he also has to face the opposition from the fearful prisoners who like being prisoners and wish to remain uh, in the dream or in the illusion, uh, so to speak. So Socrates told us, Plato told us, Aristotle told us, and spoke about um, how. This world that was being projected on the cave walls was always a lesser image of another world that exists that's called, um, you know, the world of true forms, where the true images existed. That the apples that we see in this world, uh, the pears that we see, the trees that we see, the human beings that we see, they all have to be lesser images of a true apple and a true tree and a true pear and a true human being that would exist in the worlds above. And many Gnostic texts have also explained that when this world was created by Azazel or Iblis, uh, he was in control of darkness, he was in control of the material world, he was lent light by God, and he gazed up above into the kingdoms of the heavens, and he saw up there the the you know up there the everlasting versions uh, of things that exist in paradise so to speak or in the higher realms of light and when he saw them up there he fashioned down here things that paralleled over there so his entire construction of the physical universe because the gnostics believed that it was azazel and and uh 
And that is, in fact, what the case is. Mm-hmm. And, and even the hadith from the Ahl al-Bayt, they mentioned that when God cho- came to create this physical universe, that he, he used an angel to do so. The angel was Iblis, in the same way that when God takes a soul, he uses Azrael um, in order uh, to do so. And, and here's an interesting uh, piece of information for you. It's a little bit off topic, but I think our viewers might find it interesting. Um, and just like a father names uh, his children uh, sometimes uh, similar names that resemble one another, like, for example, Hassan and Hussein, right, or Hassanin, um, you have also uh, Azazel and Azrael, Right, Azrael and Azazil. Uh, Azrael is the name of the angel of death, and Azazil is the name of uh, Iblis. And and they resemble each other because those two um, are actually in reality brothers. Um, but that's another topic when we go into uh, okay. the topic of <coughs> angels and and archangels and and the whole uh, hierarchy system. And uh, everything that has to do with them. Okay. So, um, Azazel, when he fashions this world, he's fashioning it essentially, uh, he's making a lesser copy uh, because he himself is imperfect. Uh, so, thereby, his creation, uh, his construction of this universe is also imperfect. Uh, there's nothing that's original. Everything that a human being could have ever thought of, God thought of it first, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so, uh, all Azazel can do is to mimic the creation that he already saw existing in the kingdoms of the heavens above. Okay? Yes, yes makes sense. That makes sense. Hmm. So um, that's in terms of that. Now, the Ahl al-Bayt, they further spoke about the nature of reality confirming that which all of the prophets and the messengers mentioned before and that is that this world is not worth looking at, that this world is only playing games, that this world is an illusion, that this world is not something that we should invest in, that this world is only a test, and we should focus on um, that which is everlasting and that which exists on the other side. And they gave us information about the reality that we're living in or experiencing in this world in two ways. They gave us information about it from the perspective of those that are inside currently um, the matrix and from the perspective of those who are outside of the matrix. So from the uh, perspective of those uh, that are that are inside the matrix, they said that just as, uh, you know, that God teaches, uh, you know, us about things from within the thing. Uh, great philosophers, how did they become great thinkers and philosophers? Because they would observe and they would successfully draw parallels with other things. Do you understand? Yes. So, for example, they would look at the earth and they would see how it is, uh, you have a big patch of land that's spread out on it is this green grass or moss. 
and they would compare the moss or the green grass with the carpets that people make that they place in their homes. And they would say that the grass is the carpet, right, of God, that God made for human beings, God's natural carpet. They would see that human beings, you know, when they die, they go back into the earth and they dissolve, right? And they become the dust and the clay of the earth over time. And so they realize that earth is our mother and from it we come out, we are born. They would draw parallels between nature and between us. They would see that we are just like the trees. We sprout out of the ground and stand tall for a while. And then in the end, we go back down. Mm. And so for that reason, trees became an allegory for human beings. And even in dreams, when you see trees, a tree is always a believer. And that's why also in the Quran, when we're speaking about the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's actually talking about a human being. And when you look in these book interpretations uh, of dreams by uh, by the Ahl Bayt, the, the trees, tall trees, uh, symbolize believers. Okay. And they would look at the, the hair and how it grows out of the human being. And they say, look, the, you know, it's the same way that grass grows out of the ground. And so our hair is like the grass, you know, and then they would see that in order to have healthy grass, you know, it has to have access to sunlight or it has to, um, the scalp has to be maintained just as the soil is maintained for the grass. And then they begin to um, draw out of nature um basically medicines that they can use to cure ailments based on the ob observations that they are making about the wider world or reality that they are in. When we look at, you know, the heavens above, uh, we see things in there. We see that the universe uh, with the stars up there, that it resembles the neurons and the electrical wiring that's um, in the brain that we see. We see um, that it almost feels at times that we are uh, a small speck of dust that's part of a greater wider being when we when we look at how the baby uh, comes into this world by being born from within another human being and we see that in this world in which we are living that all things are are eating each other they're placing things within each other and they're giving birth to each other creatures are coming out of creatures we can't help but wonder are we also is this reality that we are experiencing part of another creature yeah and so the have given us the answer to this god's given us the answer to this in the verse of the holy quran um, in which he says and god is not ashamed or shy to strike the example of a mosquito or that which is above it. And Imam Ali salam, had said that the, the whole world and everything that's in it is not worth 
the wing of a mosquito. Huh. And we have other narrations from the Ahlul Bayt that state that this whole world exists on a turtle that's on top of an ox and then on top of a whale. And these types of narrations have dumbfounded and confused people for a very long, long time. And Imam Ali also said, do you think that you are a small germ while within you is enfolded the greater universe? And people were confused as to what these uh, narrations meant. And in reality, the truth is, is that all of this world that we are in, from the perspective of those that are in the matrix, okay, so now we're, we're in this place. Where is this place? All of this place is the entire universe is all just one cell. You can go billions of light years from one end of the universe to another. They don't even know how vast or wide it is. All of that, all of the physical universe exists inside one cell. And that cell is a cell that's on the back of a mosquito. And that's why Imam Ali said that the whole world and what is in it, rather, he should have said, but the people at that time wouldn't have understood that this entire universe and that which is in it is not worth the wing of a mosquito because a wing of a mosquito is made of many, many, many cells while all of this exists only in one cell. And that mosquito exists in a world that's higher than our world, larger than our world. We're all just existing on its back and it's in its, uh, on its, on its back. This mosquito also exists in its own universe, whereby each and every one of its other cells that are on its back and on its wings and on its arms and on its you know, face and eyes and everything also contains its own universe within it. Every single living cell is a universe. And so all the other creatures that exist in the universe where that mosquito is in, they also are made of billions and trillions of cells. And each and every one of those cells is a universe. And the same is true for this world. Every creature that is in this world, every living cell that is in this world is made up of its own universe and has uh, an, an infinite number of living beings that exist within each and every one of these universes or each and every one of these cells. And so God, the Almighty, who is the creator of all things that our brains cannot even fathom how much he has created out there, has created 
tons of parallel universes, an infinite number upwards and an infinite number downwards. And that's why Imam Ali said, you think you're a small germ, which you are really in comparison to the mosquito that were on his back. But still we're something great because inside of each and every one of our cells is an entire universe. And that's why when you kill somebody, it's as if you killed all of humanity. And that's why the prophets and messengers have spoken against harming even a fly or any type of living being unless it poses a threat to you or uh, it's invading inside of uh, your personal space and you're not able to banish it or get it out um, in a safe manner or in a safe way. Isn't that incredible? That is fascinating. It's fascinating that even within us there's like in like a fractal walls upon walls upon walls and we don't we have no idea of this. We're just like we're asleep. It is. It's worlds upon worlds upon worlds inwards and worlds upon worlds upon worlds outwards. And then people would ask, okay, so like is it possible that that you know travel between universes exists? Uh, they would pose questions like, "Okay, well then, where is heaven and hell? You know, where is heaven and hell? Is it is yes. it within the cell? Is it without the cell? Like, where is it? Can I can I travel between these worlds? Like, not just between cells, but like, can I travel upwards? Uh, can I travel inwards? Um, you know, are there versions of me that exist in each and every one of these uh, other cells that are out there? Are the worlds that are within each and every one of these cells identical to um, the other cells that are within it? Are they just copies of the same universe or are they slightly different universes that exist within each cell um, and, you know, and then what about upwards and what about inwards? Is there a larger Abu Sadiq that's up there and a smaller Abu Sadiq that's here? And then and how, how many Abu Sadiqs are there out there? Or how many Ali Muhammads are there out there uh, inwards and upwards? And these are questions that the answers to it, we could spend, um, you know, an infinite amount of time uh, talking about it. And so uh, perhaps we're going, well, not perhaps, inshallah for sure, We'll go through some of these topics, uh, you know, over the over due course, over time. Please, inshallah, when when uh, when the channel grows more and there's uh, more and more people that discover the truth, uh, more and more uh, will be revealed, inshallah, until all twenty-seven letters of knowledge are spread amongst the people as promised by the Ahlul Bayt Salam in the time of the Qa'im. And now the Ahl Bayt have described also the nature of this reality from the perspective of those who are outside of the matrix. And uh, there's, there's beings that exist that are alive that when they look at our planet or our universe that we're living in, when they look at the reality uh, that we are in, it's, it appears to them as real as a dream is. It is not real at all. It's like the perspective of the matrix from the eyes of the prison guards. 
you know, when they were walking by and they, they know that yes. they, they access the outside of the cave and they walk inside the cave and they project those images on the walls. Well, from their perspective, this is just an illusion. From the perspective of the prisoners, it is reality because yes. that's all they know. The same thing exists here. There are beings, living entities that have access to the outside of this matrix and when they look in, they see it as nothing but an illusion, something that is akin to a dream. And it is a dream and it is a virtual reality experience that is programmed and has an infinite amount of options. There is an intelligence that is behind the programming of the universe. It is like a dream. It is a dream-like state in the sense that it is a virtual reality type experience that is constructed. It is not just the figment of the dreamer's imagination that we are in here, but rather there's an architect on the outside that has built the illusion the way that it is and in the same way and is controlling factors in it just like the prison guards were controlling factors in the allegory of uh you know plato's cave and imam ali salam he said it beautifully and he couldn't have said it more clearly uh, in the narration when he said that the people are uh, asleep and if they die they wake up and that was a key statement uh, that he gave, because by that statement, he said that basically everything that we're experiencing in this reality is false and it's just a dream. And that, you know, the moment that we die is the moment that we wake up from the illusion. And, and, and that brings us uh, to a very important point, you know, when we are in our dreams, we're experiencing a certain reality. What happens to that reality when we wake up? Does that dream actually continue? And do the people that are in the dream, are the people that are in the dream, all of them just a figment of my imagination, the dreamer? Or are there other dreamers that are around the world that are tapping into the same dream that I am having? And uh, the, the reality is, is that is that when a person is dreaming and then he wakes up, he dies in that dream. But that dream doesn't necessarily end. It continues. And there are people that can have dreams and meet in dreams and forget about it when they wake up or one party will forget about it. It's actually part of the code that, that if two people had a dream of each other, if two people had a dream of each other, yes. one of them would always forget it. Or yes. if they both remembered it, that they just won't have the opportunity in this waking life, right, so to speak, to mention it to one another. Or else the program kind of begins to break down. But it manifests sometimes in feelings that we have. You might have a group of friends that had a, uh, you know had a dream where they all tapped into it like me and you we might we might have had a dream whereby we uh, were driving somewhere you know and uh, on a familiar road uh, but on that familiar road there was a zoo 
right? <laughs> and in the dream, we went into the zoo and we experienced it. Well, we wake up from that dream. We don't remember it anymore, right? And then one day we're driving by that road and then I look to you and I say, I could have swore that there was a zoo here, right? <laughs> well, we never experienced it. And you're like, yeah, I think, I think there was a zoo here. I could have sworn. I remember that there being a zoo here. So it's like this false memory. False memories, a lot of the time they have to do, shared false memories between people have to do with a dream that they shared um, that they can no longer remember in which they experience something over there that they're sure of that here does not exist. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Now that you explain it that way, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. And also the feeling of deja vu. Uh, sometimes a person will have a feeling of deja vu. Deja vu is this, this feeling of like like this eerie feeling of something being so familiar that they swore that they did this before. You walk yes. or you're talking to people and it's as if you had this exact same uh, experience before. Sometimes a deja vu feeling can happen because you had that experience in the previous life and sometimes it's because you experienced it in a dream and therefore um you know when you're experiencing it in this reality it's it's seeming like it's real but in short uh, the matrix uh this reality that we're in uh, it is nothing more than a video game and that's why it's described as being play uh, it is nothing more than an illusion something that's akin to a dream that is constructed and that's why Imam Ali alayhi said that when we uh, that people are sleeping and when we die we wake up and Imam Ali salam, thus by is confirming the ideas of Plato and Socrates um, you know and saying that this world and affirming the Quran and the Bible and the Old Testament saying that this world is not real and the more and more that a person is capable of waking up within the dream and realizing that it's fake or that it's false, the more and more it becomes like a lucid dream and the more and more you are able to control the events that take place within the dream. The more and more that you are able to uh, do supernatural feats such as walk on water. Jesus, peace be upon him, was so sure of the fakeness of this reality um, that he was able to walk on water. And uh, Prophet Muhammad said that if the, if the certitude of the Son of Mary was greater, he would have walked on air, right? But if a person in this reality... Uh, reaches 100% complete certitude that this is a dream, 100% without a shadow of a doubt, then that person will automatically die in this reality instantaneously because he will wake up. The person who is sure that a dream is a dream wakes up. That's the only way that you can be 100% sure. And so all people that become 100% sure that this reality is fake uh, they actually wake up and they die in the dream and uh, cease to exist within it anymore. And so that, in short, is the, 
is the truth and the reality behind uh, this world uh, that we're living in. And uh, some people uh, might wonder like, okay, well then the other people and the other human beings that I'm experiencing in this dream, are they, are they real or not real? Well, some of them are real. All things that you're seeing is not real, but the consciousness that are behind the physical bodies that you are seeing, some of them have players behind them. Some of them are are demons or angels or souls that are in another realm that are wearing or controlling these avatars like a person who puts on vr goggles or who is uh, is playing a video game um, so it has a consciousness there is a player behind it if you are playing a video game right now and there's two characters in there that are interacting with each other, sim people or whatever it is, um, you know, those characters are not real. They're part of the programming. They're part of the dream in the sense of their physical bodies and their voices. Uh, but the consciousness that is controlling them from somewhere else is certainly real. So in this reality, we have the same thing happening. And it's also possible as i just mentioned to you in our dreams that we have within this world whereby several people can share the same dream there's many people that can share this same dream this dream of so-called uh, reality and they can tap in and control avatars and interact with one another and all the people that are in here are sleeping in order to um, experience it but that doesn't mean that all characters that are in a dream are controlled by somebody or are real or or are other dreamers that are sharing the dream with you and the same thing is real here not everybody that we interact with on a day-to-day -day basis are people that have quote-unquote souls or consciousness that is controlling it and uh, some of them are uh, faker than fake. Some of them are so fake that when we see them or experiencing experience them, they're really just part of the illusion. And literally, they walk around the corner and maybe that character will disappear and you'll never see him again. They never had an existence to begin with. Or maybe these characters, they replicate their day-to-day -day, uh, lives every single day, but they're not real. They're not alive. They have no life in them. And after death, they don't don't go anywhere because they're just not real characters you know they only give the illusion that they are real to you you see them as breathing and drinking and eating and speaking and you feel uh, a connection to them because you think that they are real or alive but they're actually not alive and uh, jesus even uh, spoke about this fact when when uh, you know, one of his disciples said, my father has passed away, you know, like, uh, let me go bury him. And, and Jesus said, let the, let the dead bury the dead. You know, it's not, uh, it's not, they're not real. And, yes. uh, and yeah, so that in short is the disturbing truth uh, beyond our reality. Or I shouldn't say it's the whole truth. It's never the whole truth. It's just a, a little glimpse into the truth behind um, our reality. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on Muhammad, and inshallah we'll have uh, uh, many more uh, conversations in the future where we can dissect aspects of this uh, dream state, this dream world, and we can maybe go into also the, the controllers, those people who are behind the scenes, um, you know, utilizing uh, this, this dream world for dark purposes.
Thank you for this mind-blowing lecture, and I really cannot wait for that episode. God bless you, Alan Hubbard. Bless you, Tufa. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.